the window had been busted out and our gear, part of our gear had been stolen. Uh, there's nowhere to play up here at all. I'm sitting there kind of by myself, like waiting for my manners. And, and the mirrors, like they, the mirrors kind of like spin open like 90 degrees, like they kind of rotate open. And all these women in sexy lingerie can come walking out from behind the mirrors. I'm just well, going to throw this out there that it almost sounded like you were kind of the dark side sometimes of the scene. Just when I parted ways with monuments, and so it was a really, really desperate time of my life. At the end of it, our bass player told us, like, he just looked at us and was like, yeah, this is my last show. So, like, basically back to the beast era. Dealing with this alcohol intake, and we're at a Christian festival, and we're supposed to be a Christian band. I was kind of like, man, this, this sucks. This is not a good look. Welcome back to Dark Side of the Scene. I'm your half-dead host, Brandon. I'm your... Sorry. Go ahead. I'm I'm your half... Something. (laughs) Ed. I'm your... I'm the... I'm the the all-alive co-host. Is that better? He's the all-alive. I'm a zombie, and we both suffer from erectile dysfunction. Right? Tired of it. Someday. Blue, blue Pills, where are you at? I wonder if Blue Pills even listens to this. I don't think they're a metal pill. No. no. They have to be black to be metal. That's true. Kind of like those Antrex black. <laughs> <laughs> I had a I had a thought today about like we had played this we had played a show Friday out somewhere. Won't disclose anything. And it was all right. It was for what it was, it's kind of like a DUI kind of place. And it's like, well, we didn't get paid because it was like a, we were kind of opening for like a tour. And I mean, I didn't expect much and I didn't know what to expect. I think the, as much as the band say they like to play places, I think a few of them weren't really satisfied by that kind of place, which makes me wonder like, at one point, do you like not want to play gigs anymore that aren't worth your time? Like, is every gig not worth your time, or is it just like you're waiting for just the high profile ones? When in reality, the high profile ones are basically somebody making money off you anyway, unless you're the headliner or somebody big. But at one point, do you like kind of refuse to play shows at places like the small places? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'll me personally i'll play anywhere even if it's like financial disaster to me honest to god i like the whole trip the whole getting there the getting back sucks because it's like late and i don't know like should a band always feel that way or eventually they just or should they always feel like they deserve something and then they lose like the adventure of it or at one point you got to start asking for money even though you ain't shit <laughs> there's a there's a fine line of being picky and thinking you're bigger than what you actually are right. i understand not wanting to play certain shows just because 
it might be not really worth it. It might be a dead end. And then like, I get that. I wouldn't want to drive four hours somewhere to play to nobody. Right. But at the same time, if it's not too far and just play it, I mean, that's always been my mentality. I've always just, right. just play the damn show. Yeah. Four hours is kind of crazy, but this wasn't that far. Actually. I think I had to drive the furthest to this one. So, and that was only an hour and a half. So I'm sure it's like an hour for everybody else. People so, that want to play in the same area over and over and over don't understand that they become stagnant. Right. What is the point of coming to watch your band for the umpteenth time on this show when I can check it out here again in like three weeks when you play the same exact fucking venue? Correct. But for but, some reason, yeah, that doesn't translate very well with a lot of people. Right, and not for us at least. I mean, there's not much places to play around here anyway. So it's like we have to take whatever opportunity, you know, it's because there ain't much <laughs> in our area. And I, truth be told, it, it sucks. So it's like that's why I don't try to refuse anything. Now, if it's like, as you said, like four hours, yeah, we better get something. But it's like, does anybody really, does any venue really care about that? If you tell them that, they're like, yeah, we got to drive far. We got to get something. They're probably just like, no, we can get somebody closer and they won't ask. Right. Is that some mentality to some venues? Probably. I really don't know. Uh, I just, I don't know. It's just not really a rant. It's just like more like, well, the thing is about the rants. I really wish we'd get questions answered from people, but I guess they don't hear these until later, but feedback would be nice <laughs> i wish i, I, I yeah. wish we were getting feedback in general right i would like that just because i'm asking these questions for the general audience but i feel like the people that <laughs> listen are the same people that were listening when we first launched this podcast and it's like here we are 30 something episodes deep now and we're it's not that we're not expanding but it's we're not really getting any feedback from anybody like we get the same amount of downloads per new episode as we have been for all the other episodes like it's <laughs> not nothing's like growing it doesn't seem like it's nothing i don't know right i'm not a huge podcaster i don't know all the ins and outs about it but i think for being what we are kind of grassroots not very promoted very well more of a word of mouth thing. I think we're doing okay. Right. I just but, have some, I'm just a, I just question everything and I always want answers, I guess. <laughs> if you're out there listening, send us a message on Facebook. <laughs> Let us know that you're actually out there and you're not just bots listening. I, I don't want to make podcast episodes for AI bots to listen to us because they're already taken over as it is. Oh, yeah. So, or you can send an email, which if that's great, if you're still listening, you should probably already know the email, but we'll go ahead and say it's Brandon at dark com. If you want to come on the show, that's where you send an email to. If you want to talk to us, you can reach out to us on Facebook. If you've been leaving any reviews about the podcast, which I've encouraged everyone to do so, 
for some reason, I have not been able to access any sort of reviews. And I know we'd have a couple because there's like ratings. But for some reason, I don't have any accessing power to re read those reviews. So I don't know what's <laughs> up with that. But I guess a shout out to whoever it was that actually left us a five star because we apparently got a couple. Yeah. So I guess that's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. As far as the whole show thing goes, I've always, I've always butted heads here and there with people about shows because I was always under the mentality of, well, it's a show we're gonna go play, it, and I book shit that was too far away and end up sucking. Hmm. But, and I, uh, sometimes it's one of those things to where we can just play the show, don't play the show. I get so frustrated booking shows and then people complain about it to where I don't want to do anything. Hey, sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> but like, well, there's another thing which I wanted to add. Like, you know, really, I don't know if people are being courteous or nice, but like sometimes if the place sucks, nobody really says anything like publicly, which I guess is kind of mean to like call out a place like, it's like, oh, it's, they got shitty turnout every time. But, but it's like, well, at least they have metal bands or whatever, you know. Like, I get it's 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 just one of those things that you don't really know until you try. I guess. I mean, we've played some places, and we're like, oh, and that was it. But to me, it's an adventure. I guess it keeps me young, knowing that maybe you never know what you might run into when you go out there. Instead of being closed-minded and saying, "Well, I'm too good for that place." Because in my mind, I ain't that. I ain't shit. <laughs> I'm not a fucking huge artist at all by any means. I guess I can't. Yeah. I have no reason to pick and choose. Yeah. I'm just, this is long-winded, but that's just how I feel about it all. <laughs> Everything we do is long-winded these days. We're old. <laughs> well, we're not old. We've just been around the block. <laughs> Tell my body that. My body says, motherfucker, you're like 80 years old. You need to quit oh. this shit. <laughs> well, in my brain, it's like 21 still, but not with the drinking habit. <laughs> right now, I'm on day 10 of work, of no breaks, no days off. And Dude. this night <laughs> crap switched over to overnight work because they decided they're going to do all the asphalt work overnight has made it very hard because I can't sleep during the day just because of how my body is not used to it and it's very hard for me to go to sleep when the sun's out so I'm right. running on like maybe two hours of sleep in the last 40 something hours and <laughs> I have to go to work here after this episode we get done recording so if I seem to be on edge it's probably because I'm fucking exhausted. Sound like that anyway, even if you weren't, even if you were well slept. <laughs> That's from having four children and a job, a wife, running sports, running all over the damn place does to you. You know what you could do? Just get in your truck and leave them all. <laughs> <laughs> I could go start a band and add more drama to my fucking life. Yeah. <laughs> just, what, just what we need on top of that. Yeah, I don't have enough stress. I might as well go uh, find some dipshits to play there's with. A, It'll piss there, me off. 
there's a pants there's that pantera song called strength beyond strength well they need a song called stress beyond stress <laughs> yeah well i think it's about that time so we have a guest in waiting we will Go ahead and bring him on in. But again, if you want to be on Dark Side of the Scene, send an email to Brandon at darksideofthescene.com and we will get you scheduled on a future episode. We aren't as booked out as we were because we've slowly been, I wouldn't say we're not being picky, but we're not trying to mm. schedule so much at once. We, I think I overworked myself when... uh. I was scheduling like three or four interviews a week. So I've tried to cut back to about two a week. <laughs> and I haven't been out searching for people. I'm just waiting for people to contact me now instead of me out headhunting people. Yeah. So it seems to be working because we're at least we're getting interest from people out there. So I do appreciate that. But yeah, hang tight and we'll be back in a second. I'd like to take this time to welcome Garth to the show. Garth, thank for coming out and talking to Ed and I. No worries. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Garth. Garth, uh, where are you from because of your accent? I, uh, yeah, so Perth, Western Australia. So, um, or like sort of south of Perth, but Perth is the closest big city. So, yeah, so, good old Western Australia. <laughs> so basically you're talented because you're Australian. Great. <laughs> 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 man if you came to my town and like walked through the streets you'd yeah see a different side like yeah <laughs> i guess the the, the the australians that make it out seem very talented but yeah we're um, oh, we're just oh like so they leave the else. they leave the losers back home is what you're saying yeah basically um, yeah like nah. what is it like chris hemsworth is probably the, the guy at the moment i guess like <laughs> well, i'm at musicians we're not talking about hollywood i mean like yeah, yeah. a lot of musicians that that are really great come from australia so I, I will say that, yeah, we do. Um, we're kind of lucky that we do have a lot of really good bands. I feel like the bands that do kind of make it out to of like of a very high caliber. Um, mm. But it's probably like everywhere else. Like you know, you've you've got a million local bands that are okay, <laughs> but, right? But then you like for us, like our sort of big metal guys, are like Northland and stuff like that, which are are just like destroying the world at the moment, which is so cool to see. Mm. And it's such a, such a good band. So, and so, do you play? Correct. Yep, yep. So I um I do everything. I play uh guitar and I I play drums, but I mostly use MIDI for my drums at the moment. Um and I sing and play bass and I produce and um yeah, so with, with my stuff it's yeah, everything's just by me. So all in house, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish I had a, a a mixing or a mastering engineer that I could send stuff off to, but not I yet. Like, I feel like we know somebody from Australia that does that in <laughs> another interview. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, it's a common theme that I've noticed with um, like sort of like I went to to college for, to get my music degree and all that kind of stuff, like my mm. sound engineering degree, and everybody there was like a self-contained band. And it's sort of like when you live in a sm smaller town and there's not many people around, it's like you either do that or you just don't make music. So, yeah, everyone ends up jumping on and kind of just learning everything. So, mm. so have, did, have you had a band previously or any? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, my sort of background was actually like in improv, kind of like uh, prog rock bands and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. um, a band called The Wire Forest, which was a duo and a trio, depending on um, if our drummer was up at the mines or if he was like able to play. 
And then um, I was in another band called um, Iridian as well. Um, and I was just doing vocals and that. So, yeah, I've been in a few bands through the years, but nothing that's really um, been as serious as I've wanted to, unfortunately. Um, I'm sure you guys probably understand, like, it's, you know, everyone's got their own sort of life and their own direction and stuff like that that they want to go. So, and I'm that guy that's like, let's make music 24-7. <laughs> right. But, yeah. Uh, so it's been hard. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, so basically, like, you would find, like, members that weren't on the same level as you as far as like being serious yeah yeah basically um like the the band that i was previously in um iridium like i was with those guys for two years and um like i stuck it out because they're really cool guys like it kind of broke my heart a little bit to leave the band but like in two years we only released one song oh and it was, yeah it was kind of and basically the end of it was um you know Everyone's just working full time and stuff like that. But the end of it was like, we'd been working on this song for like two years and we're about to release it. And they're like, oh, let's change it again and do this. And it was like this minor little crappy change. And it was just, it was just annoying me. Like, it's like, man, we've gone through this like a hundred times already. Let's just release the song and do another one. And I was like, look, yeah, I I don't think it's working because this is kind of frustrating me. And I don't want to be that guy that's here like, yelling at all you guys like follow my dream like work to my schedule like you know it's sort of mm. it's just sort of it's like you guys just want it to be a hobby and that's fine but like i, I want something a little bit more so hence why i yeah i end up leaving that it was yeah the, I, yeah it wasn't the greatest song ever told <laughs> no no. <laughs> no like that's a, you know what and if it was like i, I could understand like because some some songs i could imagine like I don't know, maybe Hans Zimmer or some guy that's writing a score or something like that, or or some prog rock epic like might take two years. But this is just like an a simple punk song, you know. <laughs> so it's just kind of wow. like, yeah, oh, it was wow. like, and it wasn't that the guys were lazy or anything like that. You know, everything everyone's just got full time work. Like uh, one of the guys is a sound engineer, so he works twenty four seven like in live sound, and I I understand that because I've done it myself. And hmm. yeah, it just got to a point where. Like, honestly, about six months in, I knew that it was probably wasn't going to work. But I was like, you know what? These guys are really fun to hang out with. <laughs> and it's really fun to jam. And it's really fun to, like, you know, just hang out and shoot the shit. So I stuck it out. And it's like, maybe. You never know. Like, maybe something will happen and all everyone will get super motivated. <laughs> but unfortunately, I, it didn't happen. So Yeah. I feel like there's a time and place to, like, be buds. And then there's time and place to work. And exactly. like, sometimes you just can't mix them yeah. together and that kind yeah. of way <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, I could yeah. i could like i said i could relate how it's like all right we're here to get together and not talk about bullshit you know we yeah. could have chatted or during the week about whatever <laughs> that's it yeah and, or if we'd been sort of producing like songs and stuff then yeah like we can chat up we can afford to chat about it when we're like a year in and still haven't like it took us a year to release the first song and it was an okay song, but like I sort of understand with every band, you know, you've got to you've got to create like a, a lot of shit first. And I was like, man, we're not creating enough shit because <laughs> so, most of these songs that we write first up are probably not going to be how we sound. You know, like we're still learning what our sound is, and yeah. you know. So um, yeah, it was unfortunate because I, I do kind of miss those guys. I don't think they took it too well, and like I get it, I understand, like. Like they just kind of ghosted me in the in the um band chat and stuff like that. And I was just like, all right, like, you know, no hard feelings on my end. It's just, you know, we just want something different. So also they're all mad at you. 
<laughs> I don't know. I just think oh. it like I, one of the guitarists oh. reached out afterwards and he okay. was like, yeah, it's all good. But everyone else just ghosted me. And like one of the guys I'd actually like, he'd been a good friend, like out of the band for a, for a long time before that. So mm. yeah, it was just kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. yeah I feel like sucked. Yeah. when a whole band issue happens, when the person gets out of the band or they quit or whatever, there's always some sort of negativity involved with it even though everyone's yeah. like oh it's all good or whatever it's always awkward afterwards because you're really close yeah. with people then all of a sudden you don't talk to them that much anymore they completely just disappear like oh dude everything's cool i'll never talk to you again <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that was like i mean a couple of the guys i'd never really met before so i kind of expected that um and me and the guitarist like we, we like really clicked and he was the one that reached out afterwards but yeah there was this um other friend of mine and yeah like we'd worked together beforehand and that was like we used to play xbox together and all that kind of you know we've done destiny rays together and stuff <laughs> so thought we had a you know thought we had something but like i said i i get it like it's no ill will towards those guys and also like you know life just happens it's not like i'm reaching out to them either so you know i phones mm. go both ways i could reach out to them and try and sort of patch it up but i'm busy too so you know just right and yeah you lived in Perth. You live in Perth, excuse me, right? Yeah, so I live in a just like sort of south of Perth in a place called Mandra. Um, mm. So not it's not a small town. I think it's classed as a small city, I guess. But um, yeah, so it's about an hour out of Perth. How far are you from Morrisby Guitars? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I actually went there for the Dino thing uh, just recently, and um, I'm an nice. hour and a half. Yeah, that and that was awesome meeting Dino. I fucking love that guy. He's actually kind of a big reason why i started singing my music and stuff like that was um a bit of some nice words from dino back in the day so yeah mm. i have a lot of respect for that man and the, the guitar clinic with him was fucking awesome <laughs> so, nice yeah nice. i um when i got to see fear factory it wasn't when dino was in the band at that point so i was like i didn't even know either like i was so out of the loop and i got there I was, Where, where's dino you're like what the fuck <laughs> actually that is that is a whole weird subject in itself how that continued on without him and it almost is like yeah he wasn't missing i mean yeah yeah he'd yeah. left the band but it, the musically they didn't really change and i'm like oh that's yeah. weird I, yeah yeah they sounded great so, live like they're awesome right. you know like burton was fucking amazing and um yeah. but yeah i remember it was just like oh okay and but i suppose with fear factory you know like they're like bands like tool and stuff like that they've got a certain style of riff and right you know it's sort of very distinctive so i guess if you're coming into a band like that you can be like well, if I just do heaps of double kick stuff, that's probably a good start, like <laughs> right. to, to get that sound. You know what I mean? So. so, is there a scene in that area, like a metal scene where you live? There, um, there is. Scene? And yeah, yeah, I'm um a little bit separate from it now. Like I used to do a lot of live sound and stuff like that, so I was more embedded in it. And um, there's mm -hmm. more of a like an indie scene, like sort of generic. I just like I'll just say it's like generic shit indie music is pretty popular here. <laughs> yeah, you have a few bands that's everywhere. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have a few bands that sort of pop out that are actually like really cool. Um, but other than that, it sort of all seems to sound the same. But there's a lot of cool metal bands um that I'm slowly getting to know now. Um, one that comes to mind is Infinite Exile, the um, yeah, some local guys and fucking really cool. So but yeah, mm -hmm. I don't really go to shows that much anymore. Last lot of shows I went to was actually um, on my honeymoon. I went and saw. Um, it was I was really lucky. Like my my wife's right into metal as well, so we went and saw like Northlane and Fit for an Autopsy and uh, While She Sleeps and Loathe and all these bands were touring through just on our honeymoon. So I was like, sweet. 
Interesting. So you said you were a sound sound guy or correct? Yep. Yeah, any, so I did. Yeah. I was <laughs> going to say, like, how many uh, any interesting stories about all that? Like, cause many. Ne- <laughs> like so this- we're talking, uh, sorry, I keep interrupting you. Um, I was going to say, yeah, the, like, we're talking about the dark side of the scene. And um, yeah, live sound. I did live sound for about 15 years. Um, Holy shit. <laughs> yeah so from local like running local theaters and local av companies to um like working for like the biggest sport companies in in australia like for the afl and stuff like that and um working for giant sort of av corporations that would do all the biggest arenas and all the biggest bands and stuff like that so i had a pretty big sort of swath of experience and Mm -hmm. um i the reason i left was because it got really dangerous and it was just getting stupid like um it's not really like a young person's game and i'd sort of just met my wife or she wasn't my wife at the time but you know just sort of met her and things were getting a bit more serious like sort of family wise and stuff like that so yeah it got to a point where the it's a really cool industry to work into like i obviously i did it for 15 years so i I loved it but at the end i was pretty jaded and pretty bitter and pretty sick of like my body getting used up i think one of the last things i said to my boss was like um, I think I was on my like third 18 hour shift, like back to back to back, you know, just like packing big cabs away and just going hard for like just day after day after day. My back was like giving out and my boss is just like, you just got to keep going. Like, you know, the show's got to happen. And it's like, yeah. And it's like, yeah, man, well, it's like not your fucking body on the line, is it, dude? Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like he sort of looked at me and was just like, yeah. Like I'm getting pretty fucking sick of this. Like, and the, all the the safety stuff in that world is insane. Like some of the like when you I remember like packing up um or like going to set like a line array and having like a big light just like drop down like literally inches from my face like that could have killed me and I look up and this person's just like laughing their ass off and yeah high on speed <laughs> thinking it's just hilarious. Well sorry man <laughs> like cool. It's probably a young person younger person, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I remember um packing down like um this big Lamez um theater show. And um, being up on like the third balcony in this theater and having to like um, my friends leaning right out with no harness at all. And I'm holding him by his like jeans and his belt as I'm like holding onto this pole. And we're both like leaning out to pick up these lights that are, you know, a good 10, 20 kilos kind of. <laughs> and um, doing stuff like that. And then just like having to fight so hard. It's like, I just cracked the shits. We did it twice. And I was just like, fuck this. Like, there's got to be safety harnesses. Like, if you fall, this, like, you will die. Like, <laughs> if your belt snaps, you're, you're going to die, dude. Like, so I got sick of that kind of stuff where you're having to fight just for basic safety standards and things like that. Was, I never, yeah. I guess I never thought of it that way. Did you have any like problems with bands? Like, um, random stories about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um a couple like i'll say like i hate to be this guy but i would say sure. most of the time when we did rock bands it was pretty sweet like i i worked for blur and stuff like that and blur were fucking awesome they were the cool dudes and mm. um other people like florence and the machine and stuff like that amazing just beautiful people to work with and then um we would get some big rapper that would come through and it was really bad <laughs> like um i won't i won't say his name but he's sure. like right right up there and um like we we'd sort of we're all waiting for the show to finish so we can go like pack things down and stuff like that and um his security came out first and they're like get the fuck back get back everybody get back and you're just like 
we're not trying to like encroach on this dude at all. Like this is our job. We we see right. you know stars all the time. It's like you're not fucking special. <laughs> and in fact, the show that you just did was really shit because we just did Florence and the Machine the night before, and she fucking killed it. <laughs> right. So you know when you, when, yeah. when you cussed and you said get the fuck back, you totally sounded American. That's <laughs> it's probably from that accent yeah it's like impersonating that guy yeah. <laughs> and we're all kind of just looking at each other like why would we like what are, what are they expecting this that we're gonna do like you know and um and then he gets walked past and he's like getting the james brown t- treatment with like you know the towel over his head and stuff and he's got like his little entourage mm. trying to like hype us up or something like i don't know it was such a weird like display of insecure masculinity like it was the weirdest fucking thing right and then yeah and just their attitude like the whole time like even like the crew and stuff like that was like you were lesser than them kind of thing and then um and then it got like a little bit darker with um and i'll say it's like it was all consensual and stuff like that but the way that they'd treat the women and the the groupies and stuff was pretty crazy i'd never seen anything like it where they're literally getting called out like cattle and i was like just sort of me and my friend were just sort of watching like as we're like rolling up this cable and um and these really beautiful girls that you just sort of think like wow you're better than that like and um yeah just allowing themselves to be treated like yeah they're just getting caught out like cattle and then they'd sort of disappear out the back and you know it's all consensual and stuff like that but it was just like this made you feel kind of icky <laughs> you know I mean? sure like, i mean yeah you yeah you see like, that in other kind of i guess maybe just because i'm a man I don't understand, like, why girls are, like, why would they want to do that? You know what I mean? Because it's not like they're going to yeah. be hooking up with the star. They're most likely to get passed around to the like the security guys, his buddies. That's and, like, exactly what was happening too. Yeah, and it's, it's just a, sort of it's like degrading. Yeah, yeah it, it really is. And it's just sort of like I I looked at the girls and I just sort of thought it's like you guys are you know you're attractive girls that don't need to do this, but hey, like you know. I don't know. Yeah, like I said, it was all consensual. They were letting it happen. It was just kind of, yeah, you're just sort of like on an eight, like an 18-hour shift and you get into the end of it and it's like one o'clock at night and you've been, you're covered in dirt and grime and just sort of, you know, just done a bad concert where you've been treated like shit the whole time and then you sort of see that and you're just like, oh, man, humans kind of suck sometimes. Like it's, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Very true. Yeah. I think that's the most honest thing anyone has ever said on this podcast <laughs> yeah it wasn't like an angry thing it was just like depressing it was just like oh yeah well that happens that's a real so, thing speaking yeah. of humans so again i've we've said earlier i play this game of trying to guess what you look like even though you're australian like <laughs> i i think you either look like hugh grant or scooby or shaggy from scooby-doo <laughs> you know what i'm probably a good like a close between because i'm quite tall and stuff like <laughs> so, so what i want you to do is turn your camera on just to see if i was right all right let's have a go and then you could turn it off after i see you i'm go. fucking way off <laughs> you look like an mma fighter Never mind. <laughs> oh, hell no you look like you fight somebody <laughs> yeah i i look scarier than i am i, I was just, way um... off yeah <laughs> I, right, I swear you, i'm you not turn scary. it off you're too handsome for me to look at shit <laughs> damn oh, that was yeah. way off 
that's wow. funny it's such a yeah it's a strange thing that how yeah we we all do it hey i guess it's like when you read a book and you sort of just like you imagine all the characters and then they do a live right. action you look like you work like, at a bre- like- you look like you work at an american brewery is bullshit <laughs> <laughs> anyway because you were so happy i pictured like shaggy from scooby-doo and i don't know why it's just like yeah. yeah anyway so. i think i used to look like shaggy i used to have longer hair and be like okay. really really skinny i was like that a, would make sense lanky kid so yeah lanky kid yeah sweet so after the sound gig what 15 years that's a long time yeah I yeah mean, had a lot uh, of good fun in it too like you know i i did enjoy a, like so many things of it but yeah towards the end it was kind of like you, you're just getting used i mean is there like a again i've never been a sound guy obviously but like is there like a point where you're just gonna like they tell you they're like the next level for you. Like, does that make sense? Like you're getting somewhere. Yep. Um, so I, um, I made it pretty quick, like into like, I like to work hard. So, and I would like not yell at people, but I'd drive all the other guys to and be like, let's go. Come on. (laughs) And just be stoked to be there. So I, um, like what actually made me quit was getting offered my dream job, like by this big company that had been, um, like so there's a company in Perth, like any big crew, any big like sort of concerts that come through, it's them that do it. So and they offered me that dream job with the, the salary and all that kind of stuff. And um it was like after I'd I'd sort of like got the contract and I was like driving home thinking about it. And then it just hit and I was just like, fuck, I don't want to do this. Like I I'm done. Like I want to do my own music. It's I'm gonna be working, you know, 24 hours a day, sometimes like literally, like they own your life. You're always on call. Oh. and um yeah so i got offered that that job <laughs> it was just like instead of being stoked i was just like oh fuck <laughs> it's yeah like, yeah this isn't what i want actually this is not what i want at all and um yeah spoke to the wife and i was like so this is the kind of hours i'd be doing and um i took about two weeks of um talking to like the old guys in the industry as well like we had a lot of old old dudes and they, they'd been all divorced like multiple times and we're just angry <laughs> bitter bitter people you know i was like so what do you reckon you know like i want to have a family one day and i want to do this and they're like yeah <laughs> probably not for you then man like if, it, if you, you're getting frustrated at this already then like that's kind of what this is unfortunately mm. so like you'd be there on a weekend like say we'd organize like i'd organize to go out with my wife or see some family or something like that and then i'd get a call hey this person's called in sick you've got to be here um you're like cool all right i'll see you in a second and then it's like all plans are off it's like sorry i know we had a weekend plan together and we bought tickets or whatever but no that's over now (laughs) i've got to go work for the next 24 hours and then sleep under the stage that night for four hours and then do it again you know yeah (laughs) is there is there actually a place to sleep under the stage (laughs) yeah sometimes yeah like or um i remember um this theater i used to work at there was this old shitty couch and in the like literally in the back dock <laughs> so mm. i'd sleep on the couch um yeah get like a quick sort of four hour nap in or a, like you know just between the shifts and yeah yeah, but, never, like it, but, yeah. yeah it was fun but once you start getting a bit older and you're kind of like hang on I, I would like some sort of work-life balance and i would like to be able to work on my own music and stuff but, mm. yeah. i mean because yeah i've never like seen this kind of perspective as far as that kind of job i mean you yeah. don't really hear you don't hear much about that those kind of stories yeah it's but, pretty yeah. brutal like, yeah it sounds um, like it. <laughs> yeah it's a real kind of um but that's kind of like what i liked about it as well is like this real um like fucking get it fucking done attitude it's like oh well this mm. this broke i don't fucking care make it work you know and it's this sort of 
I liked that and I liked the intensity of it. And when you'd have like big shows, like everyone's <laughs> going a little bit crazy and the stress levels are high. But yeah, I, I enjoyed like that kind of thing and sort of trying to be that voice of reason in the in the chaos of it as well. <laughs> mm. But so, yeah, I was ha- me, happy to end it. Yeah. So, and then after that, you basically just start working on it. I mean, did you find, not that it mattered, but did you find a different job that were more comfortable with for you to work? Yeah. Music? Yeah, so um, I actually started becoming like a personal trainer um, after that. So you are an MMA always... fighter, damn it! <laughs> so yeah, I'd always um, like I know it sounds like cheesy, but I'd always like enjoyed helping people and stuff. And that was another reason as well. It was um, I felt like my life was quite selfish. Like um, and that concert where I talked about like all the all the girls getting treated like that. That was a real sort of catalyst for that too. Where. I was sort of looking at my life and like, I'm helping no one. I'm making music. Like I was still making music then. And I was like, no one's listening to my music. So I can't like reach anyone through that. I'm working for this company that doesn't give a fuck about me for artists that are horrible people. So it's like, what is my blueprint here? What's my sort of footprint that I'm leaving on this earth? And so, yeah, after that, I looked at the personal training and stuff and I was like, well, this is a way I can help people and kind of be a little bit more, like autonomous and and still do my music on the side and um hmm. yeah not have an impact that so much so and I did that for about I think about two years with personal training mm-hmm. and um and then I swapped now um for the last five years I've been a disability support worker so um yeah just got into that instead and found that to be like yeah I really love it now like it's really nice to be able to sort of work and just help people out and my days are pretty chill now. <laughs> Lots of time for music, which it's is awesome. weird. It's weird how like you basically went backwards from the music industry and you decided to be like basically, as you said, less selfish. It's like most people, the older they get, they want to be more selfish and try to, you know, reach <laughs> the top musically, but you went completely backwards. I mean Yeah, it was just sort of giving me a, a dirty feeling, I guess. Like um Wow. Where yeah, it just felt like my whole existence was just about me. Um, and especially when you like you make music is like a, a selfish thing. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, not not inherently, but it's sort of like it's, if I'm doing it by myself, I'm just like in my own room, like doing it by myself, listening to my own song and like no one's really hearing it or, you know, within my music, there's like a message that I hope does help people. And, and I've got messages that it does. But, you know, you just sort of felt like, what am I doing? Like, I'm just. Yeah, all I do is take and take and take, and it made me feel like shit. <laughs> so, it's really it's it's yeah. more selfish when somebody comments on it and you don't like that comment, and they're like, <laughs> "Fuck you, it's my shit," you know, like even though yeah, yeah, this is a good opinion. I don't know. It depends on yeah. the person because some people don't like, you know, like you know, criticism or even if it's you know constructive. So yeah, yeah it's it, it's a different ball game sometimes. Yeah, I try. Um... I mean, the criticism will affect everyone, I think. And especially like when you really, like I used to be so stoked on a certain song and I'd release it and then get someone hate it. And I'd be like, I'd have this thought in my head where it'd be like, man, I put my fucking soul into this. And then I'd be like, maybe my soul just sucks. (laughs) Maybe my soul's just shit that doesn't connect with other people. I'm I'm going to think about that when I send somebody something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but then I... um. I sort of like, you know, matured a little bit and I was like, well, you do make metal music that's pretty, you know, not everybody's going to be into screaming and the metal and that kind of stuff. So it's like, try and 
now when I get yeah criticism and stuff, I just sort of like, hey, yeah, if it's not your thing, that's fair enough. And mm. and my wife, um, she's pretty brutal with it too, which is really good because I I sort of said to her like when I started showing her my music, it was like, you know, one day <laughs> I'm going to show you a really shit song. And if you tell me that you like it, I'm never fucking showing you anything again. So you got to be honest. <laughs> and she's like, over the years, she's um, yeah, really good at that actually. Where like even the other day, she did it. She was like, yeah, that vocal sounds completely out of time. And I was like, what, really? <laughs> Listen back to it again. I was like, oh, fuck, it is. <laughs> my my wife doesn't listen to metal at all, and like, yeah. I don't really show her anything. Like, I'll make like these funny little death metal videos that I make because it seems like that gets more attention than a full song, but yeah, she finds them funny because they're, it's basically comedy with death metal going on. So she yeah, finds that funny, but I wouldn't ever like ever show her like a serious song that I have. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. I don't know. I guess it depends. Brandon, do you ever show your wife your stuff? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've um i've been that there with like previous partners and stuff like that but yeah mm-hmm. luckily wife's not like a huge metal head uh, she is selective right. in her metal but um yeah it'll sometimes surprise me the stuff that she really gets into like the other day i showed her arch fire and i was like this would probably push it a little bit <laughs> and she was that, like, oh, that's a little extreme yeah that's yeah like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on yeah, because she was like asking about like a, I can't remember what song it was, and she was like, "That sounds like it's really hard guitar. Is that hard guitar?" And I was like, "Well, not really. Like it's just sort of this thing, and like you know, it's not easy, but it's not like this. This is hard guitar." And I put on like an Archfire song, <laughs> and she was like, "Oh my god, this is really cool." Actually, it's like, "Yeah, it's pretty fucking sick." <laughs> it's even more sick that they can pull that off live. And I'm oh, like, yeah. "Yeah, I think I'm. I, I think I'm gonna quit. Cool." <laughs> i don't even want to play fast and technical like i I do like it's all about feel for me anyway so like (laughs) what kind of what kind of what what would you describe your music uh yeah probably um industrial metal um new metal industrial metal like um sort of big influences of bands like corn and white zombie um but then on the other side of things like i really like bands like massive attack and radiohead as well um mm. really like a lot of electronic music like no- noisier and like chemical rollers and stuff like that so i basically try and infuse everything that i love into from one the song. 90s basically from the 90s <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds it. like yeah it, yeah. Oh. yeah um guitars like i love my sugar and stuff like that so yeah all that kind of stuff but Makes um sense. yeah White Zombie, um, Astro Creep 2000 was like a really big album for me when I was a kid. And I loved all those little samples and the weird like electronic noises and stuff. I thought it added so much. So I really like trying to get that kind of stuff into my music. And mm. yeah, so it's not just um, like it's metal, like it's a lot of like heavy riffs and stuff like that. But I, I do focus a lot on the sort of production and the, the electronic stuff and trying to fuse like um, latest song I've been working on. I'm, using like um indian chants and stuff like that and putting them into the the song and stuff like that and so i, I like taking um sort of like ancient stuff if i can like ancient chants or just mm-hmm. weird noises and turning them into something as well if i can so yeah, yeah. so basically like i was gonna say something about um <laughs> i forgot my train of thought uh so <laughs> what what inspired you to just want to record your own music just because of the whole band thing put you a bad taste in your mouth or you just felt felt like you get more done by yourself i mean well it it didn't start like that like so i was in a um 
in a band with two other guys and just doing like completely improvised stuff. And that's kind of how I learned and sort of fell in love with music was um like it sounds stupid, but one one night I just got drunk and I picked up the guitar. I could play like a little bit of percussion before that. And I was just like, this fucking stupid fucking guitar, like I've got to learn how to fucking play it. Maybe I'll just treat it like a drum. And I'll just like, I won't worry about notes because that shit's really confusing. <laughs> yeah. I'll just like focus on it like a drum. And it just sort of clicked like that night. Like for like not that I was great at guitar like instantly, but it was just sort of like that mind connection to your hands you know and i was like oh okay hang on i kind of understand how this works now and then just started jamming with mates and we would basically just get like high on mushrooms or like really stoned and <laughs> just jam for fucking hours and just get lost in the stratosphere so when i first started it was like kind of a almost like a spiritual thing like there was no aspirations of like making it as a band or anything like that it was just like man this kind of feels like i'm connecting to something really deep and giving me a sense of joy and purpose that I've never ever had before like I never experienced before like so as time went on um that drummer ended up leaving the band and wanting to go up to the mines so that my friend and I he, he played bass and, and keyboards and stuff we were like well fuck what are we going to do we kind of wanted to leave the spot open for our drummer um to come back because he was a good mate of ours so we just sort of started um programming drums and learning all of that, about that stuff and wait, through wait that, hold on did you say your drummer went to the mines yeah yep what's that <laughs> so I, I i say that like it's so normal so in western australia um we have this weird like so up north is like all these big iron ore um companies and mining stuff what? so when you want to make money like that's where you go you go up north to the mines and you work 12 hour days two weeks straight and then you get a week off and they call it fly in fly out so you'll fly out there work for two weeks straight and then fly back and you get like a shit ton of money and they yeah so that's Damn. what yeah it's um it's a weird thing that just I, I guess it exists other places where there's mining but yeah so if you want to make money in the mines then you're kind of like come from a you know a background like i do you go and work at the mines <laughs> so and that's what yeah he did i I've did never, the same thing yeah i've never heard of such a phrase i think of like lord of the rings and the dwarves and, the <laughs> and shit. Like, that's all i, I thought of yeah yeah <laughs> it's not the mines of moria that's yeah exactly <laughs> that's when he said that i'm like did he just say mines yeah, oh. yeah. I forget that like, in other parts of the world, that's not a normal thing. That I you think, can do. like, I think the only uh, our normalization of that would be uh, detassel corn, but that doesn't pay shit unless you're like a young kid. But okay, yeah, that, that'd be our equivalent of mining. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. So, um, huh. yeah, I did it myself for two years. So, um, yeah, needed some equipment for music. So I was like, sweet, I'll go up to the mines for two years, and I, I lived on site. So. I lived in a town where there was literally a pub. No, there was two pubs and a post office. <laughs> and then and a people were all dirty with like hard hats and shit and like yeah, all that stuff. See, wow. I was lucky though. I, I actually worked in the bar, so um, I got to like not be as dirty, <laughs> which is good. But I had to kind of like I don't know, keep all those dudes in check and stuff. Oh, you were well. a bouncer too? Damn, dude, this makes sense. <laughs> kind of a bartender slash bouncer slash i'm sure like, you got a lot of songs about these strange things about like you got <laughs> songs called strength beyond strength and like, <laughs> that's a different band never mind yeah 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 so oh. um so yeah that's how like so he went to the mines and basically put us in a situation where we needed we just started programming drums and and from that i've sort of mm. just tinkering away and kind of fell in love with it i was like oh my god i can just sort of sit here and like smoke a bowl and um make a song this is fucking sick like <laughs> this is I, so I much feel fun. i i can relate you know so <laughs> i mean 
again like we're going back to the so when the whole beast era hit like what were you doing during all that like yeah so um yeah when the beast hit i was um i'd actually just so this was like the catalyst for me taking music seriously i i just um gotten skin cancer hello sorry oh man my, my dog has come in and trying to turn off my computer hello puppy i love you um sorry about that it's okay um so yeah i just sort of um i just got skin cancer and um it was like a pretty bad one it was like a stage two or something melanoma and it was nice. like could have killed me and i'd been getting it checked for like two years beforehand and everyone's like no it's fine it's fine and it it kind of like yeah once i got it cut out and i've got this big massive scar across my chest now and yeah it scared the shit out of me um wow. but the first thing that hit because up until that point i'd just been like making music and not releasing it i'd sort of given up on it i was just like i don't need to release music to enjoy making it so like why bother um but yeah when that happened and that kind of like near-death experience it was like oh shit no i really do actually want to release this music and i do want to have a go at this and i'm going to regret it for the rest of my life if i don't you know give it a shot so that was when um yeah just as the beast hit <laughs> so um mm -hmm. i kept working and stuff like because i work in disability support like I, I had to keep working and stuff like that so right um nothing much really changed for me in terms of that i just sort of yeah just kept working and um that was when i wrote the first album like it, the first album i wrote was um called fuck perfect and um <laughs> I think nice. I wrote it in about three months and honestly like the whole thing was driven by like a kind of fear that I was like this might be the last time you get to make music because you might be dead like in a year or something like that you know I was kind of freaking out a bit because yeah the skin cancer was was a bad one <laughs> so mm. I was like if you're going to be dead what music are you, you going to leave like mm. so that was it was like this sort of really burst of so you yeah, basically like, had like the distraction with your skin cancer versus like the the beast kind of being around i mean yeah i think australia had a terrible lockdown didn't they we were too bad in western australia um oh. we had a few lockdowns where they were only for like a couple of weeks and stuff like that um okay. so we were very lucky and it, it hit us like later than the rest of australia as well so mm. um the only hard thing for me was just like working with someone that's like high risk you know i had to be so careful um and that was yeah. part of the reason i haven't been to many live gigs as well it's because if i get sick and then make this person i'm looking after sick you know that's kind of a fucked up thing to have on your conscience so right yeah yeah and so it makes it a little bit hard where you got to kind of adjust your life a little bit and just be a little bit more careful so mm -hmm. oh but so but yeah it gave me the time to um yeah work on my music and stuff like that which was really good and yeah so it basically worked out like you know a lot of people we talk to it's either a good or a bad experience but it seemed like it was pretty uplifting for you because you had other things on a distraction yeah. almost you're almost distracted by the other thing huh. <laughs> yeah wow. that's it yeah like um yeah that was a huge distraction and it's still like i um you know i just got one cut out of my face um so i've got like a, a scar on my face and i've got Damn. to go back in in a month and get a little bit more because i didn't quite get it all um I guess if, so, if, if, if it, I don't mind asking, is it genetic or is it just your son is like so unbearable um, down there? <laughs> I think it's partly genetic. Like my dad okay. did have skin cancer, but as okay. well, like I spent my youth like in, um, so I grew up in a place called Bustleton, um, which is really close to Margaret River, which is very famous for surfing. So I was just skateboarding and surfing and mm. baking myself every day. <laughs> so not... Like the thought of sun cream and stuff like that back then, it was just like, 
didn't even occur to you know we we're just like little kids like I, I would have my shirt off all day just down the beach you know so mm. yeah i, I wow. suppose it's catching up on me now <laughs> yeah brutal but it's all good like you yeah. i keep it in check and stuff like um and in a way like i'm really glad it happened as weird as that sounds because it did sort of crystallize like what i want to do and it's given me such a drive and motivation with my music to to do it properly and actually give it a shot rather than just like letting it sit on a hard drive you know what i mean so hell yeah do you uh do you collaborate with people or is this strictly like your own thing aside well you said yeah. you collaborate earlier but now yeah so um yeah the latest song i just released actually released one was it five days ago now and that was with a um female singer like a local female singer called uh, marie hopkinson's and um mm. yeah i sort of sent her the song and gave her some lyrics and stuff like that so i do really like collaborating i've done um a few other like guest vocal spots on this thing called primordial project which is another australian guy kind of um i suppose like kind of meshuggah ish tech death kind of stuff um nice maybe i don't know if it's tech death but it's like yeah it's pretty heavy and dark um so yeah i really i do love collaborating and like how i learned to make music was kind of just jamming with my friends you know so i really do miss that but like i've kind of had this rule now that i've sort of thought to myself with the band and stuff um and i've had a few other people that i've actually tried to bring into like the the von spriggan band or whatever and it's gone terrible <laughs> so mm. Um, as far as like Von Spriggan goes, like it's too important to give anyone any sort of power over it in terms of like quitting and stopping me from making music. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I keep this pretty secular. And if people want to come in and help out, I'm like totally keen for it. But at the same time, it's sort of, yeah, it's it's my way or the highway <laughs> sort of thing. But that being said, like when I was in the band and stuff, you know, I took a real, I try and take a real backseat in that. And, you know, I'm, I sort of try and know my role, I guess, you know what I mean? Like, so if I'm working with people, I don't try and step all over them and stuff like that. <laughs> so makes yeah. sense. Hmm. Yeah. So it just depends, but yeah, from having, um, you know, I mean, the reason that I learned to program drums and learned about production is because I had this thing essentially taken away from me. Like, like, and it sounds so bad. Like, how dare you take away your drumming skills from my life? <laughs> the oh. drummer left and you're just like, ah. Oh fuck we can't jam anymore like that yeah, thing that, a, that i love that puts a big yeah, yeah that puts a big yeah. dent in things for sure yeah and it was just horrible it was just like fuck like I, nothing against the guy like he's still one of my best mates you know but can't can't really yell at him and go you know follow my dream and live my life but it was just like fuck dude i really miss jamming <laughs> it sucks like and now it's gone you know so mm. i can i can relate yeah. because like yeah. you know during the beast era and i said many times on the podcast that like i was recording myself because we didn't have when a band practice you know a drummer mm. he kind of took a hiatus so it's like well how the hell am i gonna take a drum <laughs> so like you know they make great yeah. drum programs nowadays and yep. i just started doing that like i'm not a master it i hate going back and fixing it because i knew one day i'd find a real drummer to like like if i ever had a like my yep. own own project i'd probably try to fix the drums correctly but like i don't want to mess with that because I know a drummer, but I could see where that, where you, it's out of necessity. You got to figure out your shit because yeah. you're, you don't have a drummer. You're kind of fucked at that point. <laughs> yeah, and, there is, and like, are you still friends with that drummer? Or, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, where, use, oh, okay. Yeah. So he, um, he doesn't have a kid anymore. Unfortunately, he, um, he just had a, yeah. like a kid, um, like a couple of days ago. So his second, second child, but, uh -huh. um, 
Yeah, we uh, like I was his best man at his wedding, and um, so Brent is his name, and the other guy um, that played bass is Sam. So we still catch up, and we have like a yearly thing where we we go away to a bread and breakfast for a couple of days and kind of just get drunk as fuck and talk shit. <laughs> so That's we're cool. still yeah, and honestly, it's kind of like a little bit of a dream of mine to um to get to it. And I've told them to this to these guys too because they both got like you know really good jobs and stuff. But it's a dream of mine to one day get to the point where I could pay them a salary and they could just come and jam again. <laughs> be like, all right, so how much money do you guys need to support your family and like come and play music around the world with me? <laughs> so. We'll oh, like get, actually get like a three piece going is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, and get oh. them to come in and like, yeah, do it again. Because some of the jams that we used to have, like, it was so epic and just like I've never felt that connection musically with anyone else to that degree where we're just so locked in um, with each other. It's just sort of yeah, it was a pretty I, cool I, experience. I feel like yeah. it's a missed opportunity. I mean, maybe you don't have to go like far away, but like I feel like mm. you should get together and just do like a a show once in a while you know when you got free yeah, time. yeah. <laughs> that would be cool actually. because yeah. again you you're saying the most important thing about being in a band is to connect with people and that you actually like work well with them without a problem because yep. that's not always the case we're just kind of getting by trying to with our egos and <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely yeah so i think um we have talked about like hiring out of space and um hiring some gear and stuff like that so but yeah mm. it's sort of um nobody has a, nobody has a garage with dingoes not anymore we used to jam oh. at my old house unfortunately but yeah like i moved place and like now it's a bit smaller here and uh, yeah no like no room for a drum kit and stuff like that so well there is always, room for a drum kit but yeah i don't know if the, the wife would appreciate me taking it i always think room. about like <laughs> that's something like we don't really address on like our little show here about like well where do people go if they're not if they don't have anywhere to practice so maybe that's always been the problem with bands and i think like mm. you could rent like well from what i've seen you could rent like a what do you call it, storage unit with a power because yep. i know i know a guy that like he has like his own photography studio and then i'm like i didn't know this was a thing you can actually have a <laughs> you can actually rent out a space and it's even got a bathroom and i'm like what the hell yeah. i mean i guess i didn't know that much about you know storage units that are that fancy but geez yeah i've been that'd there before be, yeah yeah that'd yeah, be renting out. plus and, and on top of that it's got security so nobody's gonna break into shit which is always yep. a you know scary yeah. thought yeah nice. yeah i was pretty lucky for a while where um like i had a place like right on the beach and um i just lived like by myself essentially um so i took over the entire lounge room <laughs> and mm. we were just like yeah set up the set up everything in there and just get lost in it until the neighbors pissed us off and like would come over and pull the power on us and shit. Nice. <laughs> yeah. But it was funny. Those neighbors ended up, um, they were kind of like an old, like an, he was an older dude and he'd get super drunk and then he'd get pissed off and come and pull the power. Um, <laughs> but after a while he, he came around and I remember one night, um, one day being out there and he's like, Oh, you, you don't suck so much anymore. That was quite nice. What you were playing this morning. Like, <laughs> oh, geez, man. <laughs> like nice. You know, so and I, I did feel for him as well. So we would try and not like play at night and stuff like that and sort of yeah. Can understand how loud it is. So yeah. Can never make times. the old guys happy. Well, no. Yeah. yeah. And so I, so, I get it. Yeah. yeah. So far you're uh you've had an interesting uh not so much dark side. I mean, you have a few dark sides, in fact, you know, but like mm. it's been pretty positive, like how you're you went backwards, literally, like yeah <laughs> more than most people most people work up to be the sound guy you went 
you ever yeah. another question you ever thought about doing a, a one-off like sound gig at some other place or you just would not pursue that you know what like it's um so the when i was in the band the drummer he's a sound engineer and he actually has my old job so there's a local theater here um it's like a i think it's a seats like a thousand people or 500 people or something like that and he's the mm -hmm. head sound guy there which is what i used to do and he's like man we're really desperate for people um can you come in and help me out and i did two shifts and i was just like i do not fucking miss this at all <laughs> oh sure i, mean, I will part, not yeah. i will as, not be back yeah it's... as a part-timer oh you will not be okay i was gonna say as a part-timer yeah. it can't be too bad but i get it yeah uh, it was just funny it brought like just um yeah it was just like brought back sort of not bad memories i guess but it was just mm. like yeah my time with this is done i'm kind of a lot of being a sound engineer is just like fixing other people's fuck-ups <laughs> you kind of just sure. get sick of it after a while and I was watching all the stress that he was under too, like of um, you know, when bands would come in and they'd given him given him the wrong rung sheet or something like that, and mm. all of a sudden everything that we set up is completely wrong because they didn't bother to email us that they changed the entire show, you know. And he's like, "Fuck, like, yeah, I don't miss this stuff." <laughs> no communication breakdown. Well, yeah, maybe so, um, like the that... best thing that I worked for was like doing the big sports stuff. So um, if you know like Australian football, so I used to um work doing like tech support there. And that was cool. That was really chill. That so sounds be... stressful as shit. I, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> it had moments where you'd have to like, um, like you'd have to get speakers off on and off the field in like ad breaks. And the, the guy would tell you beforehand, like, okay, so if you don't get this off in time, it's a $10,000 fine. Okay. Oh, oh see, okay. that's how serious it is. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But I, um, but it's run really professionally and um, I enjoyed the, yeah, it was kind of fun being, even just being in a crowd like that, like when you're doing the finals and you've got 50,000 people like sort of standing around you. And like, I remember one time running off the field with these speakers and, you know, and just eating shit, <laughs> just tripped over right at the end of it, just fucking slid on the dirt and, you know, a couple of thousand people laughing at me. <laughs> hey, it was that, fun. That yeah, breaks you know, up the tension, I'm sure. It does. Yeah, yeah. We just I, kind of like, I, yep, I, I, I ate shit. Yep. <laughs> so, well, um, Brandon, uh, what do we got? What time we got? We got, let's see. So it's about that time. It's about that time. Oh, yeah. we're uh, we're trying to keep these a little shorter this week just because I have to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I typically, it, I typically don't work nights, but for some reason, the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be on overnights, and I'm supposed yeah. to be out of work at the moment. So, oh, dude, yeah, yeah, night, night shifts are never fun either. But, yeah, um, yeah, that's I, I already had these scheduled, so I said, well, at least get them recorded and everything. Right. And then by that point, I gotta get the fuck out of here and head to work. <laughs> right, <laughs> all on. good, man. Yeah, we gotta, but, we gotta make that bread. <laughs> yep. So, basically, at this point, we always ask the guests to like if you have music or anything that you'd like to share on the episode, like if there's a song, just email me the song you can talk about it here a little bit and then we'll play it at the end of the episode I'll... yeah cool um so i'll probably do so i release songs every month so not this month but the one before i did one called Destroy damn All australians <laughs> <laughs> i'm actually like i want to release more but um i feel like it's like too much but i i do this like every day sort of thing wow. so i'm always making content and making songs and stuff like that and there's a big waste bin of songs that will need to get that don't get used and yeah anyway um but yeah destroy all that corrupts um i made this one um watching warhammer 
um warhammer cinematics so it was like real heavy and felt like kind of like futuristic war and stuff like that but mm. it's a kind of um yeah destroy what corrupts like within yourself and um a lot of my songs are just kind of about that like sort of trying to find the balance of where we're living in a pretty fucked up world and a pretty fucked up time that makes you pretty depressed if you think about it too much um mm -hmm. but trying to find where that intersection is is like i can make myself happy and not think about these things and i can change these things that i can change and accept the things that i can't and that kind of thing so yeah um and destroy all that corrupts is kind of about that and how social media like pushes um it's got this line and it's sort of the algorithmic ripples of hate like the echoes of our rage and it's sort of how social media highlights like all our negative emotions so well and our rage and our hate and if you do something that it kind of engages that it gets pushed out to all these people where if you do something that's kind of positive and happy it seems to just get forgotten so yep <laughs> exactly yeah. <laughs> nice yeah so yeah destroy all that corrupts and yeah i appreciate you guys having me on it was good fun <laughs> yeah it's nice to have you yeah i i, I just I loathe every Australian on here because you guys are just very talented people and I don't understand it, but I'm happy to, <laughs> I'm happy to meet every single one of you though. <laughs> I always get on well with Americans. Hey, it's funny. I've had times in my life where I actually only hang out with, like I was working for Greenpeace for a while and it was just Americans and Swedish, Swedish people. Oh, <laughs> all the, like, oh, all the, the yeah. next, the yeah. next in line for talented people, Sweden shit. <laughs> but, yeah anyway i don't know <laughs> americans make a lot of cool shit there's a reason you guys dominate the uh entertainment industry so i wouldn't sell yourself too short <laughs> we got kid rock up here <laughs> that's true <laughs> you got beyonce and kid rock so yeah look out oh, yeah. oh boy <laughs> uh -huh. right on hell yeah right on but yeah just uh email me that song and i will get it added to the end of this episode but if you want to plug your music like where they can find you and everything else yep um so pretty easy just von spriggan um on anything and i should be there like there's no other von spriggan so any social <laughs> media stuff um yeah any place that you stream music or anything like that yeah von spriggan i do um i'll be back on twitch i'm hoping within a month um and yeah songs every month always releasing stuff and always making shit <laughs> so, hell yeah hell yeah yeah well Garth, we uh, appreciate you coming out here and talk with us. It's been fun. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Let me uh, just blab my shit for a while. It's good. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always enjoy talking with people. Yeah. But we're going to roll on out. So, anyone out there listening, if you want to be on Dark Side of the Scene, send an email to Brandon at darksideofthescene.com and we will get you scheduled on a future episode. But until then, take it easy. Peace. Bye. See you, everybody. <laughs> Destroy all that corrupts.
apocalypse is trending. Oh,